How many of you belong to the kingdom of God? May you know how it works. May you work it in such a way that you will be a complete miracle to the world to behold in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now let me excite you and show you Hebrews 12 verse 28. I like people that come from midweek service. They're my kind of people. You know, we're like the prophet. We tasted the word of God and it was sweet in our mouth. Anybody can come to church on Sunday and that's good for you to come. But when you are panting after the Lord, the way the deer pants after the water brooks, you are now speaking my language. Hebrews 12 and verse 28. I'm going to be reading from the living Bible. The living Bible. Is that, is that? Listen to this. Since we have a kingdom nothing can destroy, let us please God. Let us please God by serving Him with thankful hearts, with holy fear and awe. We're talking about God's kingdom. How the kingdom works. And the scripture says we are receiving a kingdom that nothing can destroy. Which means you can't change the kingdom. There are translations that say the kingdom cannot even be shifted around. So this kingdom cannot be destroyed. But hold on a minute. Let us please God by serving him. You cannot please God by serving him your own way. You cannot be a self-pleaser and a God-pleaser. And you certainly can be a people's pleaser and please God. And so the Apostle Peter said, If I were a pleaser of men, I will not be a servant of God, a true servant of God. So Hebrews 12, 28 says, Since we have a kingdom, nothing can destroy. Let us please God by serving him with thankful hearts, with holy fear, and all. Now, it is when we serve God in a pleasing way that the real picture of how the kingdom can work to our advantage begins to open up to us and we begin to have an experience of the kingdom. You can talk about a kingdom. You can even be in a kingdom. It doesn't mean you're enjoying the kingdom. I'll give you an example. I went to school in the United Kingdom and there are lots of people in the United Kingdom that sleep in cardboard homes. Cardboard. They are in cardboard and they are in the United Kingdom. You can be in a kingdom and not enjoy the kingdom. May that not be our portion in Jesus' name. You can be in marriage and not be enjoying marriage. You can be in church and not be enjoying church. So this is, the Bible says, the kingdom of God is about pleasing God. And Hebrews 12, 28 says, the kingdom we're talking about, it says, let's please God by serving him with thankful hearts. Now, people that are self-pleasers, they come to the kingdom and expect the kingdom to serve them. And it doesn't work. Hello. Do you know what it is to have the wrong key to the right door? This is the door of your destiny. And you're holding the wrong key. How long will you be there for? You're entitled to enter, but you can't get in. A lot of people are holding the wrong key. And God is saying, enough of that. I want to switch the key. May the Lord put into our hands the keys to the kingdom. The Bible says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. 
And this is what this, this message is all about. And when you have the keys to the kingdom, whatever you bind will be bound. And whatever you lose will be loose. Why are you looking at me like that? You never heard this before? <laughs> okay. So talking about how the kingdom works. May we not be witnessing how it is working for some people and we cannot partake. And may we not even be in the kingdom and it's working minimally for us. God never, listen, everybody is on his own lane. Life before God is on a big express road and everybody has a lane. You can, you can work it as fast as you want because nobody is going to get into your own lane. And some people are there crawling. And some people are moving fast into destiny. And God is saying, I want to give you the keys to the kingdom. And you can understand first how it works. You position yourself by pleasing God and watch what will happen. I'm going to show you examples of those that please God. And you see what happened. And you realize that this thing about pleasing myself, coming to church, please pray about myself, what I want. You understand it is, it is around foolishness of a selfish mind. God is not a selfish God. God is a wise God. And so I want to read another scripture to you. And this is a warning about being in the kingdom, honestly, and not working in the kingdom the way the kingdom works. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 5 to 6. This is going to get really exciting and interesting. The Bible says, concerning our Jewish fathers that crossed from Egypt to the promised land, the Bible says, but with most of them, God was not well pleased. With most of them, not some of them. Now, if that is a quantum by which we should, uh, the way God reacts to things, we need to be careful because most means at least 51%. So if all of us are here now, if most are not going to please God, you need to pay attention so that you don't fall on the wrong side. But with most of them, God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Why would God save from Egypt? And the body scattered in the wilderness. That wasn't the plan. They chose the wrong path. Do you know that God never chooses for us? And do you know that foolishness kills? Do you know lack of knowledge will make you suffer? And so with most of them, God was not well pleased. So their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, these things become our examples. If you choose not to please God, there is an example for you to see. To the extent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Now, the last part of it, you will say lost. I don't lost this and that. So, I'm going to read another translation that breaks down what this lust is all about. You understand that the loss is only about pleasing self. That's it. Now, take me to the message translation of the Bible. But right now, I want to read from verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 10. This is very good. Listen. It says, remember our what? History. It is our history. That's where we're coming from. Friends, and what? Be warned. All our ancestors were led by the providential, that talks about the workings of God, cloud, the providential cloud, and taken miraculously through the sea. They, they, they crossed over miraculously. 
That means God was with them, verse 2. They went through the waters in a baptism like ours. As Moses led them from enslaving death to salvation, verse 3, they all ate and drank identical food and drink, meals provided daily by God. The psalmist calls it the, the bread of angels. That's what they ate. They drank from the rock, God's fountain for them, that stayed with them wherever they went, and the rock was what? Christ. So, not only with the day were saved, as we were saved miraculously, not only did they pass through the water, the water did not drown them. Not only were, did they eat and drink ordinary food, the food of angels. Not only did they drink from the rock, and ordinary rock, the rock was Christ who was with them, as we see the, the Lord is with us. Verse 5, but just experiencing God's wonder and grace didn't seem to mean much to these, our fathers, because most of them were defeated by temptation during the hard times in the desert, and God was not pleased. Verse 6, the same thing could happen to us. We must be on guard so that we never get caught up in wanting our own way as they did. The reason why their bodies were scattered in the wilderness, it was not the will of God. God saved them. God fed them with the food and the bread of angels. God provided the water through his son for them. And yet, it didn't amount to much. And the Bible says the same thing could happen to us. Listen, people say, I am saved by the blood of Jesus. I've heard. I was delivered from sickness. I've heard. But are you going to make it to the end? I don't know. It depends on you. The Bible warns us. It says, with them, God does not well please. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. That wasn't the plan of God. Verse 6 says, the same thing could happen to us if we don't learn to live to please God. We must be on guard. Tell somebody you must be on guard so that we never get caught up and entangled in wanting our own way as they did. The problem with them was not the kingdom. The kingdom was working for them, but they did not understand that this kingdom is about pleasing God. So all the time they wanted to please themselves. They told Moses, we want leeks and onions. Be careful always insisting on what God should do for you. We want, we're tired of this bread of angels. We're tired of the water from the rock. He said in Egypt, they began to quote something God delivered them. We used to eat the onions and the leeks. Some people used to say in the good old days. But the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, Anyone that said the good old days does not inquire wisely. It's a talk of foolish people. God is the God of now. Now God is. And so when they began to talk like that, they wanted to please themselves. And Moses was vexed. And they started to die. They started a journey. They didn't finish the journey. In fact, God waited for all of them to die. Because God was not pleased with them. The promised land, he said they will not enter. You can start a journey with God, be careful. The Bible says these things are written for us as an example. The kingdom of God, the way it works is about pleasing God. It's not about pleasing you. When you please God, 
The Bible says, when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will grant you the desires of your heart. The word delight is the same word as please. If you get yourself to be well pleasing to God, he will respond by granting you desires of your life. But you don't come to God insisting on your list. I don't like this place. I want to go to this place. I want this. I want that. And if God were to give, it's like a parent. If you were to give your child everything they ask for, the child would destroy himself. And the Bible says the same thing could happen to us. Warning. We must be on guard so that we would never get caught up in wanting what? Our own way as a day. I want to ask a question today. What are you insisting on right now? Have you asked God what he thinks? You know how people draw prayer lists? You know, we have built ministries on prayer points. And what are prayer points? What you want? We should build ministry on pleasing God. And then God, who knows what you need, will supply all your need. Prayer point, prayer point, prayer point, prayer point. Prayer point is telling God what to do. It says, if you, being evil, know how to give good things to your children, how much more I, the fountain of love. What is are these prayer points all about? I, I, is it not rooted in pleasing self? You're busy telling God. Just like your son's always telling you. As if you don't know what to do. What if, how would you like it, my dear minister? If every day it is a list of what they want you to do. Wouldn't you say, don't you know how much I love you before you were born? Don't you think when I go for money tonight is about you? Don't you know that I know things you don't know? Imagine a puny man telling God a prayer list, prayer points. This is what God must do. If God were to give us a lot of things we will ask for, our life will not be together. Hello there. How many of us still believe that God is good? You know, the Bible says he does his children no harm. It says, if you, being evil, will not give your son a serpent when he asks for fish, you will not give him a stone when he asks for bread, what do you think you're doing when you're insisting on your prayer points? Do you not know that God is the fountain of goodness? Do you not know his, about his loving kindness and tenderness? What do you think I was doing when I sent Jesus to die for you? Were you did you give me a prayer point for me to save you? Why do I need a prayer point to feed you? This prayer points thing, we should relax. The Bible says, we, there's a warning that the same thing can happen to us when we get caught up in wanting our own way as they did. Particularly when you're abroad, you can't beat the child. Bring the child to Nigeria. Don't like raising children abroad. Bring them to Nigeria. We say the rod of correction will drive the drive the wickedness and nonsense out of children. Glory to God. Those people abroad they don't read the Bible. Let's now talk about the ones that please God. Our fathers, they saw the greatest miracle. The, the, the ten plagues, they saw everything. God delivered them with a strong hand. Pharaoh, Pharaoh back. Pharaoh thought there was nobody like him. He was the greatest power on the face of the earth. He pursued them. God says, oh yeah, follow them. At night, he rested. The cloud of fire stood between them. Go and read the Bible. No person. 
God waited. He said, Moses, raise your rod. As they entered the Red Sea, Pharaoh in his, you know, when God wants to destroy somebody, he makes them arrogant. Follow them. EPM. Him and the horsemen. History. When you saw ten plagues that God used to deliver you, when you crossed the Red Sea, imagine getting into the wilderness and you start playing pleasing self. God said, now so, is that the deal? Did you save yourself? Let me show you those that please God. I'm sure you know that Abraham pleased God. On Sunday, I was talking about Abraham. When the Lord said, sacrifice your son, your only son. He did not take counsel with his wife. He didn't have that child alone. He did not ask her. You know, there's a level God speaks. Nobody's opinion matters. He woke up in the morning before troublesome Sarah. You know, Sarah used to make trouble. Took the boy. The boy said, where is the lamb? He said, don't worry. God will provide. And God showed up and said, don't touch that boy. He said, because you have done this thing. You know that, that language, you have done this thing, is really, Abraham, you mean you love me too. My, I am so pleased with you. And then Abraham said no prayer. God started answering a prayer that was never said. In blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply. Meanwhile, Nigerians are doing prayer points. God is not showing up. Prayer point. God is not sure. Prayer point. And you have books and books of prayer point. All you have to do is to know how the kingdom works. When you please God, he grants you the desires of your heart. Finish. Let me show you what happened. I'm going to, I'm going to leave Abraham alone. Maybe I'll come back to him. Uh, can, can I talk about David for a short time? People criticize David from now to kingdom of God, but that's the only man in the Bible who says, the man after my heart. And what, what is that about? After my heart to please me. It says, I know that it says the son of David, he will do everything according to my will. As long as he understands it, he will do my will. And that's the problem today. A lot of us, it is our will. It is my way or the highway, God. You either, if you are going to come with me, you're going to do my way or you might as well move out of my way. And so, but the one person I want to talk about today is the most unlikely person for you to think of and that is Solomon. The Bible says at Gibeon, I think, God appeared to Solomon in a dream after he made the sacrifices. He made the sacrifices that shook God, a thousand burnt offerings. And God appeared and said, ask what you will. If he was a self-pleaser, what would he have asked for? If he was a people's pleaser, do you know that what he, the answer will have been different? Let me read his answer to you. First Kings 3, verses 9 to 13. I read from the New King James Version. First Kings 3, from verse 9. And Solomon said, Therefore, give to your servant. The word servant is one that lives to please another, the greater. Grieve to your servant an understanding heart. To judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? That you need somebody to run the affairs of this your kingdom on earth. And let your servant give me the job and give me the enablement to do it. Not my will. 
not what I want, but your kingdom and your plan be established by my life. Verse 10, the Bible says, this, the speech pleased the Lord. How many times have you spoken that it can be chronicled in the annals of God that this speech that you made Please God. If God were to ask you in the middle of the night, not allowing you to be awake and maybe listen to the pastor, you have to speak what is your mind when you speak in the middle of the night. What would you have said? Out of the abundance of the heart, come on now, the mouth will speak. He said, this speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And what um, um, uh, Abraham did, this thing pleased the Lord that he has, he said, you have, for you have done this thing. There are things we do that are inimical to the kingdom of God. There are things we do that is not a sweet smelling savor. It is an, an obnoxious, noxious smell in the nostrils of the Lord. There are things we do that is accepted in the world but is an abomination to God. It's not like that. And so then God said to him, because you have pleased me with your speech, because you have said what others don't even think of doing, then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and not asked long life for who? For yourself. Anytime you see for yourself, please echo it for me. Let me read from verse 11 again. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not had long, not asked long life for yourself, nor asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, to get the job done. And again, God started to answer prayers that were never said. I thought prayer points are the things that move God. Please, I want someone to take me on. I thought it was prayer points that move God. Let me read verse 12. And God said, unprovoked, Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has not been one there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. Verse 13. And I have also, somebody say Jara. Someone say on top. I have also given you what you have not asked for. All the proponents of, of prayer points, I want to challenge you. This is published. I want you to say whatever I want to say. I want to see how you're going to get out of this job. I have given you, I have also given you what you have not asked. It is not true that unless you ask and ask, no, 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 no. Both riches, someone say riches, and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you amongst the king all your days. The kind of riches that can never be matched was not even asked for. Okay, all the money you've asked for. How much have you received? It says, riches, both riches and honor. You can have riches and nobody gives you honor. And you can have honor and no riches. But let me tell you something. Honor and riches is better than just honor. The Bible says wisdom is good eh? with money. In the book of Ecclesiastes. You can have wisdom and nobody will respect you because you don't have money. 
It's wisdom and money that is good. Money, listen, honor is good, but only honor is better with riches. Glory to God. And this is what the man got, the one who pleased God. Glory to God. I know the Bible says, ask and you shall receive and your joy will be full. When you are asking according to the will of God, not asking because you want to please yourself. God is under no responsibility to do what you want because that's all you want. God is under no sort of reason. He's the master. He's not the servant. This is how the kingdom of God works. You can get more than you can even dare pray about if you first please God. That's what Solomon did. And the Bible records that Solomon was taught as a child. Mm, thank God for good parents. So he knew how to answer when God showed up. I am teaching you as a spiritual parent so that when God asks you, you will not talk about pleasing yourself and get nothing, but you will ask, this thing will please the Lord and God will blow your mind. That's where exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask shall be done for the Lord, for you and I in Jesus' name. To this story, God reciprocated by adding what Solomon could have asked for but did not ask for. And possibly Solomon may not even have the faith to ask for unmatched riches. It takes a lot of audacity to say, I want something that no other king will ever match. Even a madman will be afraid to ask for that one. And God gave what he did not even have the audacity to ask for. He did not even have to ask. I'm talking about how the kingdom really works, not how people say it is. Is that not why the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. It's not ask this thing. It's not prayer list. It's not insistence that causes adding. Seek first the kingdom of God. I'm talking about how this kingdom of God works. It is by seeking to please God that is what ushers in the blessed additions. And I said to you, God added what he did not ask for because he first sought the kingdom, how the kingdom will march forward. It had, no, had nothing to do with him. He was ready to make the sacrifice and God showed up. May God show for us in Jesus' name. And it's just like Abraham when God said, uh, because you have done this thing, God just exploded in some kind of language and even grammatically, it doesn't add a blessing, I will bless you. Please, where are the English majors? Somebody shows up and says, blessing, I will bless you. It's not really correct English. It's a kind of, see, when somebody explodes, chai, my bless somebody. The English doesn't matter anymore. Blessing, my blessing. Multiplying, it didn't say I will multiply. Multiplying, I will multiply you. Shut up. People don't know God explodes. It's not only in fury and anger. He explodes when you please him. God removes the boundaries. There's no protocol anymore. Bible says, behold, I will do a new thing. Shall you not know it? It will spring forth. Don't let nobody tell you that something has not been done before. The man that pleases God can rewrite history. You see, nobody said amen. God exploded when Abraham did this thing. Because the speech is God. And this time when the speech pleased God with Solomon, God exploded again. He said, I'll first give you. That one is, I don't, I just, I just want to get that one out of the way. I want to now show you the real name. 
that the one you didn't ask for, I will now give you more than you could have asked for. May that be our experience in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, listen, I've seen it here. Um, Genesis 22 and verse 17. Put it up. Genesis 22 verse 17. Put it up. Read that English. If you write that for Jam, will they pass you? Blessing, I will bless you. No. But God is not writing Jam. <laughs> Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the sky. Change that to the message Bible. I'm talking about how the kingdom works. It says, blessing, I will bless you. Oh, how I will bless you. For the man that didn't ask for a blessing, the man that was just obedient, trying to please God, I will bless you. Oh, how I will bless you. See, if a rich man said that to you, something will shell it. Imagine when God says that. I will bless you all. You will see how I will bless you. When your parents say, I will flog you. Oh, you will enjoy me when I flog you. You know that night is window you will pass to go out. Uh-huh. So the good side is what I'm talking about. God said to Abraham, I will bless you. Oh, how I will bless you. I will make sure, I will make sure, not that I will just send somebody, I will make sure that your children flourish. Like stars in the sky. Ah, like sand on the beaches. And your descendants will defeat your enemies. Where is your amen? <laughs> and so if you too will please God, he will explode again. As I, as I think we're holding back God, many of us. God will do when he explodes for you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the kingdom, this is how it works. God explodes, not only in anger, God does amazing things. He says, behold, I will do a new thing. And the ears of those that hear will tingle. Oh! He said, when the man's way pleases the Lord, he will cause his enemies to be at peace with him. He does not negotiate with them. He will make sure they drink and they eat out of the goodness and mercy of your life. When your cup begins to run over, they will be collecting it. How can they not bless you when they're collecting freely from your life? There's a place where God so blesses you. All your enemies, it is through you they're chopping. It is through you the children are going to school. Omar, you know, say people don't have shame. They know how to do you turn. Oh, okay, you have never seen it before. May God bless you like that. You will see it soon in Jesus' name. And that's why in Psalm 19 and verse 14, I read from the New International Version of the Bible. That's why the psalmist says, May the words of my mouth Oh, like Solomon. And the meditation of my heart, like Abraham, be pleasing in your sight. Because when that happens, everything will turn around. May the words of my mouth, not the prayer points I receive from somebody, and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer, the one the one that said blessing I will bless you the blessing I will, I said, I will bless you oh you will see how I will bless you ah the place will shake because God generally in generations hardly do you find people that please him 
So by the time he finds one, he explodes. In grace assembly, some people, God will explode for you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May the words of my mouth, what words have you been speaking? Don't let people teach you self-pleasing. Don't let people teach you selfishness and self-centeredness and being so self-involved and you think you're praying but the prayer of the wicked is an abomination to God. But the words, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing before you because at that point in time I don't need to say a prayer. You know people think, let me tell you, do you really think prayer informs God what you want him to know? I'm going to ask that question again. Do you think prayer is what informs God or what he needs to know? So why? What is all this prayer point all about? God says, even the thoughts before you form them, I know them. So it is for God to choose to explode. And you know, when God explodes, nobody can blame you. I told you on Sunday, Saul was a people pleaser. And the kingdom that God gave him, Bible says he took it and gave it to David who had nothing. That is God exploding. So when it is God that did that, did, did, did you hear anywhere that David prayed that God, I want Solomon's throne? When God explodes, nobody can blame you for what happened. It was God's idea. God executed it. I just did heal. God just blessed me. But you see, if it was something you prayed about, Saul's wife would be cursing you because you were asking for what? No, 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 no. The, the, the riches and the wealth and the position of the wicked is being laid ready for the righteous. People that will not please God, they will lose what they have. And it is not going to be incinerated. What will happen? It is passed over to somebody else. To the one pleasing God. Today, people preach pleasing self. Watch our children. Right from primary school, they tell them, don't mind your parents. They've lived their lives. Just do your own thing. Watch the young boys. They don't want anyone that can tell them anything. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Watch young ladies. Everybody is pleasing self. And they are in the kingdom. You know what that means? Disqualifying yourself for the best God has to offer. Satan has already written the script of how a lot of lives will end. My job is to remove the handwriting of ordinance written against us. My job is to shine the light and let you know that God is good. And God does not need your prayer to bless you. As a matter of fact, your prayer is too small. When God explodes, he does exceedingly abundantly above what we ask, think, or even imagine. And so finally, finally, I want to read this prayer again and I'm going to ask a few questions. And that prayer is found in Hebrews 13 verses 20 to 21. And the prayer goes like this. I want you to stand to your feet. And the prayer goes like this. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will. Make you complete in every good work to do his will. Working in you 
what is well pleasing in his own sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever and everybody said Amen. Amen. The punchline is God working in you what is well pleasing, not just pleasing, well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. That is the prayer, but before I can say amen to that prayer as you remain standing, I'm going to ask you a question. If pleasing God is a work of the Holy Spirit, I read the first scripture, the contemporary English version of the Bible, the kingdom of God is about pleasing God and it comes by the Holy Spirit. And if there's a prayer saying God is able to walk in you, what is well pleasing in his sight so that he can explode and show how great he is in your life, the question you must answer is, will you let God work in you? Many of us, nothing is allowed to work in you except what you want to do. Are you going to allow God to work in you what is well pleasing in his sight, not what is pleasing in your sight? Are you going to let God work in you in the, in the way you see things, God working in you to change the way you see things. Some people, they see things in a certain way and it is so difficult for God to make them look at life differently. If God is going to work in you, he has to be able to work in the way you are used to seeing things, in the way you used to thinking, in the way you feel about things, in the, your attitudes. God must be able to work in the way you pass your judgment in your actions and your reactions which is called overreaction in, the, in your lifestyle can God work in you can God work in the way you arrive at your choices and can God work in your philosophies the philosophy, your culture that predetermines your action and your reaction in any given circumstances culture and philosophy can make the word of God have no effect if you will not allow God to walk in you to the point he can tweak your philosophies. He can change the culture. The Bible says in Romans uh, 12 and verse 1 and 2, particularly the, the uh, Romans 12, give me verses 1 and 2, the message translation of the Bible. It talks about you being adapted to the culture around you. Just because you are born in something does not mean you need to stay like that. Give me verse 2. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Can God work in your culture? Can God, will you allow God to change your culture and your philosophy, the way you think, the way you pass judgment, the choices that you make? Can God work in you? It says, fix your attention of God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you. What he wants from you is to please him. And quickly what? Respond to it. Unlike the culture you were born into. Unlike the culture of prayer points uh, all around you. Always dragging you down to the, its level of immaturity. God brings out the best in you. Develops well-formed maturity in you. Why don't you lift up your hand to God? As I say that prayer again. Particularly if you're here. You're going to allow God to work in you. God resists the stubborn and the proud. The, 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 the sin of stubbornness is like witchcraft. A stubborn person and a witch. They're on the same level. 
God work in you. Some people, they say, I have made up my mind. Don't, I don't care about the facts. There's nothing you want to say to them. They have made up their mind. So God cannot even correct you. God cannot engage you. God cannot discuss with you because your mind is rigid. Now I want to pray for as many both listening and watching online and those in church. As many as will allow God to work in us. That which is well pleasing in his sight where the candidates for God to do amazing things that even the Bible has not recorded because that's not the end of God. God is still at work. I want to pray. Lift up your hand to the heavens. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you and I complete in every good work to do his will, working in us what is well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I thank God that from today, not only do we receive a kingdom, we understand how the kingdom works and we work according to the workings of the kingdom and the kingdom's working will begin to work for us to produce a God that explodes beyond whatever we could pray. May God begin to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we used to ask for as he has done in the life of Abraham we have seen him do it in the life of David and we see him do it in the life of Solomon so shall it be in our lives too in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ father we thank you because you have taught us and given us the key to the kingdom so that whatever we bind is bound. Whatever we lose, we lose. As we please you, we will remain unstoppable. And the name of the Lord be glorified. Blessed be God in Jesus' name. And if you have been blessed today, I want you to celebrate the word of God. The one that shines a light in our path. And uproots ignorance from our hearts. And sets us free to enjoy the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah.